All right, this morning we are in Matthew uh, chapter 6. If you have your Bible or uh, your phone with you or uh, an app or an iPad, uh, any way you find the Bible, we're in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, in the second chapter of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus started in the, the first of chapter 5. Matthew records um, Jesus this sermon that Jesus gave. Uh, we're about halfway through the sermon and we're on our ninth sermon, uh, breaking this down. Uh, we don't have that many more to go. We may have uh, four to five more um, sermons in this series. Uh, but this morning we're in a great section where Jesus turns and begins to talk about treasures in heaven. He begins to talk to the disciples about money. And he speaks to them in great ways uh, here, starting in chapter 6 and verse 19. Uh, I want to share a little story before we get into these scriptures. I, it was, it's been over 10 years ago, um, and uh, it was my first job out of college. I was working at, uh, I was working at Soundhouse Music, and I uh, had some good friends there. And uh, one day, some of them came in, uh, and uh, one of them specifically came in, and he had found this new thing called, it was a website called ShareBuilder. And uh, it was like an investment account uh, where you can invest in different stocks and things, uh, but uh, at, a, at a price range for me straight out of college, right, you feel like you can't get into those type of investments, you got thousands of dollars. This you could start with like $10 and, and invest in different stocks. And uh, I was so excited. I was like, that's cool, that's cool. So we all, we each put some money in this account and we started, you know, we were going to pick out the winning stock. You became this uh, day trader. And uh, then we found out about these things called penny stocks. And I remember I was looking at these penny stocks because everything you read, every financial advisor will say, don't waste your time. But when you're young and naive and you're excited and, you you know, uh, you're thinking about hitting the jackpot and money just falling all over you and you just all your problems solved at once. Penny stocks sounded pretty cool. Um, So we started buying some penny stocks and I was for sure I'd found the one that was going to be the right one for me. And listen, I was ahead of the time. I was ahead of the curve here. I just picked the wrong company. Uh, but they used to, the, my, our buddies, my buddies made fun of me. I was, uh, the company that I picked, it was called Wi-Fi TV, wifitv.com. They had a website. I bought, this, I bought the stock. It was a penny or two pennies. I don't know. I had like 10,000 shares for $100 or something. Um, and I can remember I can remember being uh, so excited, thinking, you know, here I was, straight out of college, you know, entry-level job. I was just barely making enough to get by, and uh, and and Beth hadn't landed a full-time job teaching yet, and um, I was just thinking, man, this is it. This is my way out. This is my way out. And I can remember the the joy I would feel when I was imagining that penny stock, because if it went to a nickel. Right, all of a sudden, my hundred dollars was five hundred dollars, and and if it went to a dollar, all of a sudden, my hundred dollars turned into uh, ten thousand dollars, and if it went to ten dollars, which wouldn't be that crazy, like a stock, ten dollars per share, all of a sudden, my hundred dollars was going to be a hundred thousand dollars, and I remember thinking, man, if I had a hundred thousand dollars, I wouldn't have a worry. Like problems would be gone, you know. I'd be cool. I could have all the name brand stuff. I could get me a car. We could we could pay off our house almost. I mean, it was like you were. Th- I was thinking all these things, how that would just solve all of it. And I remember the joy that I'd feel when I refresh 
say, how much is that share worth today? And I got obsessed with it a little bit. I mean, I'd check it all day long like it was going to jump up to something crazy all of a sudden one day. Uh, and uh, so short story, it never got beyond a penny. Um, I think my $100 I invested is now worth, well, I think the share, I checked it last night. I hadn't looked it up in like 10 years probably. I looked it up. still does exist. The company went bankrupt. Um, it's, each share is worth point zero 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 one dollars That's a hundredth of a penny, which is a ten-thousandth of a dollar. And so I, what I thought was going to be amazing, I was going to make all this money turned into nothing. Although Wi-Fi TV, this idea that there was going to be a website where you could watch live TV, what? That was crazy back then. And they had all these channels and you could watch different countries and live TV. Um, and we all know now with Sling and, uh, and Amazon Prime and YouTube and uh, you know, we've got all, Direct TV now or ATT now, all these ways you can watch TV live now online with apps on regular TVs. The world has changed a lot in 10 years. But I say all that to say the fact that I was so excited then. I was in a mindset like there's two different types of people in the world, uh, mindsets that we can get in. One is where money becomes uh, everything. Where money means we find validation, where it means we're successful, where it means we're happy, where it's less stress and we've got more confidence. Um, and it becomes everything. It becomes our security and our significance. This is the danger. And so we get in two different mindsets. Sometimes one is money is everything. That is where our security and significance is going to come by. Now, you can be in this camp, not have much money uh, or have very little. You can either have a lot and be trying to protect it, and you can have very little and say, if I just had more money, my problems uh, would go away. It's not about how much money you have, though. It's more about how much... Uh, does uh, how much of you does your money have not how much money do you have right how much of your attention your affection is given to money uh, in the Christian camp this might be called the prosperity gospel where people teach that if you're being faithful and holy uh, God's blessings are indicators of that and this is what was taught at the time when Jesus was teaching here um, that uh, wealth was an indicator of God's blessing and favor on you the second camp is, for some people, a uh, mindset you can get into is that money is nothing. And in that space, uh, you don't worry about it, you don't think about it, you don't plan for it. It's just like you, it's just kind of floating around, and it's not really that important to you. Uh, yet we find that Jesus in the Gospels, 15% of what he taught about had relation to money. We're called to be good stewards. There's definitely biblical uh, foundations about uh, not wisdom about not being in debt, about the importance of hard work and, and earning, uh, earning money. Uh, this sermon today is not about those things, though. You're not going to get the three tips today to, to retire early or you know, how to get out of debt in two weeks. Um, that's not what this sermon is about, while there are foundations of biblical wisdom and truth uh, around those things. So in the camp that says money uh, is nothing um, is uh, what we call sometimes you'll see in the Christian camp a poverty gospel that says wealth is bad, that says if you, if you have money, it's going to keep you from being holy. And that's not 
uh, it's not absolutely biblically accurate. Um, the Bible teaches there's great dangers with wealth, um, and it reminds us of that. But it doesn't teach that we can't be holy and we can't be a child of God if we have wealth. We're going to find the balance of those two things because we find not that money, uh, so money is everything or money is nothing. There's actually something in between. It's money is something. You can't pretend like it doesn't exist, but it's not everything. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I'll say this is a message to all of us, all, all of you that are watching. Um, you might say, oh, it's a message, it's a sermon about money. It doesn't apply to me. I don't have any. Not had any in a long time. You go ahead and preach to all those other people who are dealing with the struggles of money. Um, but this is, this is all of us. Jesus was teaching this to all his disciples, everybody that was there listening. And it's going to hit everybody. Everybody is at risk of this, whether you have a lot, whether you have less, whether you have ambition, whether you don't have ambition. This is going to hit you. This is just a basic truth from Jesus about how we deal with money uh, in our Christian walk and in our life. So, as for those of you who have extra at the end of the month, I've been there. Those of you who get to the end of the month and you've got more month than you've got money, is the old saying, I've been there. When you've got extra money, the risk is feeling like you're better than people. They need to go earn more. They need to do better. And when you don't have enough, you feel less than, you feel embarrassed, you feel frustrated, um, and you just think, man, if I had money, it would solve all my problems. So what's Jesus have to say about money, about wealth? Let's dig in. Let's see. Chapter 6, uh, verse 19, uh, he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20 says, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Two things he clarifies really quick here in verses 19 and 20 uh, is one, we got two different uh, types of treasures, places we can put uh, value on, things we can get excited about. One is treasures on earth and one is, uh, is heavenly wealth or in heaven. In verse 20, he says, you know what? Don't lay it up down here. Lay it up in heaven. Now, there's some things we could talk to here about giving and tithing and, and how much you give to the church and to give to God. And that's some component of this. But he's talking bigger than that. He's talking uh, a little deeper than that. We would all agree with this. Let me ask you this. Do you believe that money is temporary? Well, yeah, Jared, we just read that. We know that, you know, we're laying up treasures on the earth where moth and rust is going to corrupt and destroy and people are going to break in and steal. But we don't act like it. And I'm saying we, I'm including me in this. Uh, and even 2,000 years ago in a totally different culture and time, they still had some version of money and people didn't act like money was temporary. We act like it's the most important thing. What do I mean by money is temporary? What did Jesus mean that is temporary? It is not eternal. It has no eternal value whatsoever. It has no eternal value. We would agree with Jesus in theory, but we don't live it. I mean, we're doing everything we can to get our hands on another dollar. You think, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, we do at some level. Just think about what just happened in America. The stimulus check. I, I mean, I'm seeing people 
and, and that, are, that are waiting for that check to come in and thinking, man, when I get that check, if it's 1200 or your family or, you know, whatever it is, that all of a sudden the, the, you, there's this mindset that there's this sense of security that everything's going to be okay. But here's what money does. Here's what penny stocks and Wi-Fi TV does. It leaves you feeling empty. You think you're going to find security and significance there. But you get the $1,200, and you do one of two things with it. You save it or you spend it. You either put it in a, a savings account, or you leave it in your checking account, or you pull it out and stick it under your mattress, you're holding on to it, or you spend it on something, or you pay off uh, something you owed, or you, um, uh, or you give it some portion of it away, you give it all away. And then what? Like, it just came and it went. It just, it just came and it went. Even if it saved, you, I mean, it's $1,200, changed your whole world. Maybe for a day, maybe for a week. But not forever. Not eternally. All money, wealth, and it's not just money, it's, it's, you know, it's the material things we buy. It's the influence that comes with it. It's land. It's savings. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it's some people you think they don't have a penny, but they've hoarded it all up. They've been saving it. That, you know, my, I, I remember my, my grandfather, he was the tightest person I'd ever met. Literally, we used to go through the drive-thru at McDonald's, and he'd turn his car off, like, after he ordered at the until uh, the line moved and it, to save gas and then you start it back up and drive a car length and turn it back off. They got uh, you know store brand everything. Um, and then as I grew up, I realized you know they weren't wealthy, but they did not have to be living like that. And so money plays into our minds in all kinds of different ways. T Jesus is teaching us here: one, money's temporary. Wealth is temporary. Earthly wealth is temporary. It has no eternal value. Think about how much energy and time we put into things that have no eternal value. He says we should focus on heavenly wealth. It's not just about money. It's not just about tithing. But it's about seeking the fulfillment of God's purposes in all that we do. One... How do you store up a heavenly treasure? There's one step. That is giving your heart and life to Christ. Once you've become a child of God, he says, he's gone to prepare us a mansion, an inheritance. You just be giving your life to Christ, you've stored up a heavenly treasure. And then we do all the things that come along with that new life. We begin to, to, to be obedient and, 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 and we see that our lives and the sin becomes, you know, we, we don't see perfection, but we see progress as God's spirit gets into our life and begins to sanctify us and purify us. And the, the thoughts we used to think, the bad thoughts, the, the sinful thoughts that we used to think and do, all of a sudden the words we say doesn't quite feel right. The things we used to watch is like, you watch it, you're like, wait, this doesn't feel right. And all of a sudden, you sense yourself beginning to change inside. You find wisdom, depth from godly wisdom. You find purpose, meaning, and significance in a relationship with your creator. And you find things that, uh, that will not be corrupted, that will not be destroyed, 
that can't be stolen, that can't be taken from you. You find a life that is abundant and overflowing through spiritual blessings and not material. He finishes this with this thought, for wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the danger leading into the rest of this passage that I want to speak to. Is I'm asking you. God is telling us, he's teaching us here, Jesus is teaching us that one of our number one enemies to serving him, to going all in with him is hidden in plain sight. You think it's another religion. You think it's your doubt. You think it's all these things. And, and he's saying, he's getting right to the long and short of it here. He's saying the number one thing is, is where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. He's saying, God, he's saying, I want your heart, but your money's got it. I want your heart, but your money has got your heart. First thing we see is money's temporary. The second we find in this verse and the next two is that money is consuming. It is absolutely consuming. Not only is this thing and wealth that we 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 tend to seek after and store up, and I'm not saying it's bad to have a retirement account. I'm not saying it's bad to have material inheritance and things to pass on to your children and grandchildren. Those are definitely taught within the Bible. Um, this is a heart issue. This is a not a budget issue. This is a heart issue. If you get the heart issue right, then the budget issues take care of themselves. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He says, money is consuming. Look at this. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? What he's saying is money becomes a focus. What he focused on. Here's the truth. We can't, sometimes we can't get off our bank account app uh, long enough to open up our Bible app. You think, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a lot different. I'm saying, do you check your bank account more times than you read your Bible? Are you, I mean, we get, most of us get paid every two weeks. We're not spending that much money right now uh, in this time that we're in. You can't really go out and shop. I mean, is it going to change that much in 12 hours throughout this day, from lunch to this morning? Uh, and so it's consuming. It's thinking about how much is there, how much is going to be there next time, how much is in my, you know, my retirement account. Uh, um, and, and then if we're not there... If we're not there checking on our own wealth status, we're on social media seeing everybody else's. That's perfect, right? That just got a brand new truck. Uh, that just got, uh, you know, whatever it is, $1,000 purses. $1,000 purses. Those really exist. A corn sack would work. And yet we feel like to be part of the culture and the American dream and, and have the status that we feel like we need, we need these things. I'm not saying you, I'm saying we. I'm saying this is the culture that we're in, that we're surrounded by, that teaches us that security and significance comes in material wealth. And if any culture has ever been consumed by it, I mean, 
listen, I say something uh, to Bethany or I look one thing up on my computer and then when I get on Facebook on my phone, the thing that I thought about getting is repeatedly there in some ad trying to get me to buy it, telling me that all the cool people have it. I'm just saying you are bombarded by this pressure to be investing in earthly treasures. It's consuming. Uh, the message of buy this, wear that, your house should look like this. Oh my gosh, we got consumed with all those, uh, you know, love it and list at HGTV. Uh, those shows, man, they're so good, get you so excited, and then you turn it off, and you're like, my living room. Oh my God, I can't live like this. I only have one and a half bathrooms. <laughs> it just gets in our heads, and it's so much pressure. And it becomes consuming what we say in here what jesus is saying here is that that consuming power of money and wealth can distract can blur your spiritual vision and an insight he said i'm begging for your heart i'm i'm over here waving my hands trying to get your attention for real things that matter for Ever it matters for eternity. This matters, and you can't click off of Amazon. And you're one, we're wondering what's our purpose in life. What, what would it's it's blurred because our heart is being deceived, our heart is being distracted, our attention is being taken away from God and eternal treasures. By the temptations of the devil and material things. It's just the truth. Jesus knew it. It was that way then. And it's that way today. It says if our eyes are healthy and our focus is healthy, then we'll have light filled inside of us. If it's not, we'll be filled with darkness. Here's how he ends it. Oh, let me say this. Um, how do we manage it? I'm going to go back there. Let me read this last verse first in Matthew 6, 24. This is a powerful verse that Jesus ends this section talking about money. He says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. We find that money is temporary. We find that money is consuming the desire for more of it. The, uh, you just, it gets all your attention and your affection, and it consumes your thoughts, and it blurs your vision, your spiritual vision. Uh, and then the third thing we find is that money is controlling. Well, where do you get that from this? You cannot serve God and money. Either you will love one and hate the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. These are strong. These are harsh words. These are saying money and God both want to be your master. 
They want to control you. The devil wants to use the tool that is the love of money to control you and keep you distracted from what God really wants from you. And then you start making all these decisions, decisions first based on money and financial and second on what God wants me to do. And God told us in his word, he said, seek my kingdom first. I'll add all these other things. Oh my, that one is so hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to live that truth out. But it's true. He said it. It's a promise. Uh, there's no doubt that it's true. But money is controlling. He says there's one idol that is a threat, that is a competition to me. He's telling his disciples real plain right now. I mean, just imagine him looking at them as they're all around him and these Pharisees. He's saying there's one thing. There's one big idol that's going to separate, that's going to fight for your attention and going to distract you from me it's in your pocket it's your wallet it, it, it's not the pharisees it's not the people that are going to stone you it's not the people who who are going to think you're traitors it's not uh, you know it's not your debt collectors it's the love of money he said you can't serve both he's looking right at you he's looking right at me he's saying you're going to pick today this is early on in jesus ministry right he's like you're picking today are you going to serve me or are you going to serve money? He says we can't serve both. We find that either we're going to manage our money and it's going to go where we tell it to, or it's going to manage us. I'm asking who's in control? Who are we serving today? There's a great lesson in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28 teaches about work it's a great uh, it's a great message I preached a sermon on this verse as Paul was teaching the church at Ephesus it says let the thief no longer steal but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands it says it's good to work it's good to earn money it's good to provide for your family so what's the purpose what's the end in it if you know what is the what is God's purpose for us earning and having wealth and money and how can I practice what are some practical things there's one thing you can do this week that the Bible teaches very clearly actually takes practice and we get better at it as we do it and it's not so much a rule to say if you're a good Christian you will give you will give this much to this person and this much to the church and you will give this he teaches us this, we get, you, you do honest work with your own hands so that you may have something to share. If money's got a hold on you, and it has a hold on all of us at different levels, don't think you're immune to it, don't think I never think about money. That's too far in the wrong direction. Think about those words that Paul was teaching the church at Ephesus. The whole reason that we are blessed is so we can bless others. There's one tip, one thing you can practice. There's one thing that can get your heart trained, that begin to change your heart, just like prayer changes our heart. Because don't doubt that money can control you. It wants to control you. God, the devil wants to use it to control you and distract you. But he teaches us that we are blessed so we can bless others. I'm not, I'm not going to say give it all away. 
That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying take intentional and exercise and practice giving. I'm not saying give it all to the church. I'm saying take what you can do without and share it with somebody that needs it. Give some to a neighbor. Give some to the church. Give some to a charity. I'm saying it's a practice. What you do, what you do, you're taking that amount of money and saying, you don't own me. It ain't about this. It ain't about that dollar. I got I got a $5 British pound still somewhere in my wallet. I got the little pound coins. There's euros. There's pesos. There's all kinds of different versions of dollars and, and, and coins and gold and diamonds and things that, that we just place values on that mean nothing for eternity. If it really means nothing for eternity and your heart is the most important thing, and you've got your heart with good right with Christ, it is not that big of a deal to let some of it go. And as you let it go, it's the most freeing thing ever. That as God gives and blesses you, you say, I'm not going to let this control my life. I'm going to share it with those in need. Money is not everything. Money's not nothing. Great double negative for my wife, the English teacher. But it is something. Having a lot of money doesn't mean God has blessed you and you've been so righteous and you're so good and that's why you have money. Having very little money and barely getting by doesn't mean God doesn't love you. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that he's not blessing you because you can be a child of God. You can have wealth, uh, heavenly wealth. And I want to ask you this question. Would you think about this as we get ready uh, to close out this morning? Because I want you to think about this. What do we want to leave our children? What inheritance do we want to give them? Do we want to set a lifestyle up that says, you know what, your, your, your value, your significance, your security comes in what brand of clothes you wear, on whether you're at, uh, going to this cool party or whether you're this, this, and this. Or are we going to invest things that matter forever? Are we going to build up a spiritual inheritance where we've poured truth into them, where we've shown sacrifice to them, where we've shown giving to them, where we've shown loving to them? Material wealth is not bad. I said that. It's not bad to leave your children. But material wealth that's not anchored in spiritual truth and spiritual wealth becomes very dangerous. God blesses us at all different levels and we're all called to be stewards of what God has given us. This morning I said I wasn't going to give you the budget, the key, the key answers uh, to how to get out of debt quick. That's Dave Ramsey's job. Um, either love him or hate him. That wasn't the intent of this morning's sermon. But I, I learned something through that process of that penny stock that I bought uh, Wi-Fi TV that's now worth .0001 pennies or dollars. I don't know. It's not worth anything. I mean, they could have just put zero. It would have been easy enough. I learned something, though. I learned that uh, 
that the the real way to to wealth is just through consistent service and hard work with Christ. That I really didn't want to make money in my life. I wanted to make a difference. That I wanted to serve him faithfully. That although that thought and I was I was blinded for uh, some time to think that if I just had that man if the penny stock goes I'm going to try another one and it becomes just like gambling you think you're going to you're going to get the next one you're going to win the next one and then you win one and then it's got you hooked and you think because you're trying to get money you find security and significance but God calls us he says he's our security he says you want significance build a relationship with me I made you I got eternal purposes for you What do we value? Where is our treasure this morning? Let's all go to God in prayer and sincerity and say, God, point me in the right direction. Protect me from this. Lead me from this temptation. Deliver me from this evil. Because where my treasure is, there is my heart. God wants your heart, but the money's fighting for it. Don't you doubt it. We're going to get ready for a song this morning. Um, we are going to make a uh, transition here. And this song is simple. this is what Jesus was saying to his disciples it was really simple he's like I just want you he started with these simple words to each of them it just said follow me your first decision is just simple it's about deciding choosing today I'm going to follow him sing with us wherever you are I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back.
listen to this little refrain. It's pretty simple. This is, this is where we want to go with God this morning. Jesus, this is where we want to be with you this morning. God, wherever we have, whether we have a lot or whether we little, we just want to give it to you. We give it to you this morning. Together as we sing. so many hearts I know this morning that have given you everything I know they sung, sang that song with us, they sang it from their heart maybe somebody new this morning who never given their heart to you, just said God I'm going to be simple, it's going to be just like Peter, just like Matthew when life was so complicated but your call was so simple, it just said follow me Lord let us be that simple, let us be that confident, let our faith be that strong, it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that God, I pray there's someone listening. God, just make that decision today. They reaffirm their decision today. They stand strong in their decision today to follow you. God, give us strength. Thank you for this lesson. Thank you for your words that teach us the danger of this hidden in plain sight, the hunger for money and wealth. God, let us lay up our treasures in heaven. Let us be hungry for your fellowship. Let that be where our heart is. God, we ask all of this. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. As we get ready to close, I just want to thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, I'd encourage you to reach out to us if it's God is using this message, using our ministry to, to change your life. I'd, we'd love to hear your testimony, your story. Uh, you know, it's hard not seeing everybody face to face. We love to know that the word is getting out and that God is moving. So please share that with us. You can send us 
uh, an email on our, our, our website. You can, you can text me. You can send us a Facebook message. You can leave it in our group. Um, just let us know how God's working in your life. I know he is. I want to hear about it. Uh, join us on Wednesday nights. If you've not joined our Facebook group page, go do that. Um, great fellowship happening there. We get together there every Wednesday night, short devotionals and just time of fellowship together, just doing life together in these uh, uncertain times. Um, so let's keep praying for one another. Be there for one another. We'll get through this together. Um, technically, as it stands right now, we would be allowed to have some form of an in-person worship service here at the church on May 24th, I think. We've not made a decision on whether we're going to do that or not. Uh, no really real conversation has been had. Um, we're going to wait and see how things play out. Uh, let's just, just, just expect for the foreseeable future things are not going to be normal for months. Um, so don't, don't think that, uh, you know, 24th all of a sudden the switch is flipped and things are normal again. We're not quite there yet. But let's pray for one another. Let's stick together. Let's be together in Christ. It says we are of one cord and one mind. We don't have to be in one room, uh, but we are one family. Um, so let's stick together. Keep praying for our church. Be there for one another. Practice this week. Give something away. Give, give something. Give something. Let go of the thing that's, that's controlling you. And you'll see how God begins to bless you. I wish you the best. It's great spending Sunday mornings with you. Uh, pray you have a great Sunday and a great rest of the week.